Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying season 10 so far. We've only got two eps left including this one so if you've been enjoying the show please remember to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Leave me a rating or a review. It's the best way to help out the show. Next week is my 100th episode which is absolutely crazy and I'm currently recording this in the shittest room ever in Sydney. I drove up here yesterday with my friend Louise because she's moved here and there's no aircon so I'm sweating buckets so (laughs) you better be bloody grateful. This week, I'm joined by women's advocate, model, and influencer Aisha Perry Iqbal. Aisha was the first Pakistani plus-size model in the US and has grown an Instagram following of over 700,000 people, inspired by her mission to encourage women to embrace their bodies at any size, color, or shape. The platform Aisha has built has allowed her to delve into topics she's truly passionate about, including body issues, current affairs, and domestic violence. As a survivor and advocate for domestic violence, she wants to raise awareness and help make positive change for all women. In this episode, we discuss Aisha's journey as an online creator, her feminist advocacy, her work in the domestic violence space, gender equality when it comes to things like dating, body image, self-love, and so much more. Hello, Aisha. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm really, really excited. I feel like it's such a great fit to have you on Mads World, which obviously started out as a dating podcast, but now we've moved into talking about so many different things. And you are, they call them slashies, I think, like a model slash influencer slash campaigner. Like you've just got so many awesome things that you're doing at the moment. And we were just talking before the recording and we're both so busy doing a hundred things at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> It's I've really never been exciting. called a slashy before, but at least now <laughs> I know what I know what that is yeah, now. A slashy. <laughs> and you're in LA at the moment. So we I were just am, saying yeah. that you're you're originally from Wales. I am, yeah. I was born and raised there. I moved yep. to LA when I was twenty one. Awesome. And I've been here now for like twelve years. So Oh my god. I'm based I'm American and British now. <laughs> really so you've got like a dual passport or situations that's so good oh nice and I mean LA's a lot warmer than Wales isn't it a lot more vibey generally generally (laughs) warmer and I just think people are more positive here they have especially in LA I feel like we're our own little bubble within the states Mm -hmm. and generally people are healthier they're happier Mm. Um, they have more of like this positive outlook as far as like, if you want to do something in life, go for it. And I feel yeah. like that really fits my mentality more than the British mentality of like pessimism and like apologizing for your existence. 
I mean, you would know. You lived there for so long. Everyone's like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Do you mind? Like, no, just move. Like, yeah, just get out of the way. <laughs> so I, I feel like, yeah, it, yeah LA particularly is um, yeah. a You know what? I'd love to know as well. Like, um, I was seeing, I saw a TikTok about tall poppy syndrome. Have you heard of it before? No. It's basically where I think it's a thing in, it's definitely a thing in Australia and New Zealand and in England as well. I can see it being a thing, but obviously I didn't live with like my parents or like no older generations, but it's when like people in older generations will say like, if you're talking about your successes or like having self-esteem or like confident in yourself, they'll say like, oh, like stop bragging or they'll make you feel like you're doing something bad by like talking about your wins. So it's like they they cut off the tall poppy to like stay in line with everyone else. And I think coming back, having lived in England, it's like I had all this confidence and stuff and I've come back to small town Australia. Like every time I speak about stuff, everyone's like, oh, like, you know, like don't brag or something. But it's like, how are you meant to have confidence to like believe in yourself when everyone's like don't like you know but, but isn't that also like the boomer mentality is. of like you know get get your job nine to five make money look after the family like and you'll be rewarded as you go and always be polite and always and there's like so many rules and it i really honestly think that all those things just stem from the patriarchy and misogyny it's a way to keep like people under control and that stems from white men going down to other ethnicities of men and then going down into women yeah and it being worse and worse depending on your ethnicity as a woman it is all about control isn't it and I think it's probably like to stop women feeling like they have any sense of power or control over their own lives like talking about your successes and your wins it's like the more you say it the more it becomes real which is like something I think that younger generations are so so much more used to now you know and it'd be interesting to see in like the next 20 years how that sort of talk changes you know and also it's like don't get too excited because then you might be too independent and then no man will want you and then you will be a good housewife and a good mother and blah 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 bye I can be all of those things (laughs) I can be all of those things at once yeah yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, the the don't get too excited is so like because I'm a massive dreamer. I'm like a manifester. If I like think of something, I will hyper fixate on it until I achieve it. Like, but then you, like one person will say, "Oh, don't get too excited. Like it might not happen." It's like, why would I start off thinking that way? That is so negative to me. Like, I won't achieve it. You know? Look, I literally just talked about this on TikTok, and it's basically like delusion, right? Delusion is perfectly fine, but you have to be delusional with goods to back it up. Like you have to have talent or some sort of guided path or like the ability to do so, which means the delusion and manifestation works. But then there's like delusion and then there's like clinically insane. (laughs) And to me, it's like some people, they lean so far into the insane category that I'm like, babes you're just unwell like there's no way like none of it correlates together for this to happen for you so -hmm. that's when I feel like there needs to be a bit of realism but generally I think manifestation and delusion especially in the entertainment space or social media space Mm -hmm. you have to have some sort of delusion to get you anywhere or to give you even if you don't have set Mm -hmm. in confidence it's going to provide you with the confidence to just go for it you know 100% yeah it's like you need to have some sort of like reason to warrant feeling like you can achieve something like some sort of evidence you know rather than just vibes but I do run heavily on vibes a lot of the time but yeah but you also have the goods to back it up so that's what I'm saying delusion (laughs) with goods to back it up 
mm-hmm. is going to manifest what you want. Love it. Well, let's get stuck into our speed date question round. So this is a few fun upfront questions before we have a bit more of a deeper discussion. So everyone okay. listening, if they haven't heard of wonderful Aisha, they learn a bit more about you before we jump into our chat. So first question, what is your favorite pop culture moment of all time? I was actually thinking about this and you know yeah. the moment, I think it was the VMA Awards yep. where Omarion did the icebox where my heart used to be. Got yes. the icebox where my heart used to be. <laughs> like, whoa. And I, I feel like that's really millennial of me to Stunning. put that one. But I used to go on LimeWire. If you're a oh, millennial, you know. Uh-huh. I used to go on LimeWire and watch that. Download oh it and watch it. Because this was before like the YouTube days. And I used to watch it over and over again. Because that, it was mm-hmm. just, that was it. Yeah, I did jazz dancing and like contemporary dancing when I was a teenager. And when I tell you that that song like defined that era for me, like every (laughs) or like hip hop, but like it was like white girl hip hop. It was like when Crumpet, like when Step Up came out and stuff like that. Like that was was like contemporary. Yeah. Modern. Like, yeah. Kind of, yeah, I used to do the same thing. <laughs> so cringe, but so funny. But yeah, those and like your Acons and your Chris Browns, like that whole period of my life is just transports me back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely a step up girly for sure. Oh, incredible. And step up to the streets was just so good. Vibes, full vibes. And then, oh, Honey, the movie Honey. Oh my God. Save the Last Dance is still my favorite movie. <laughs> like, I'm. Cry every time. Cry every yes. time. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, that's the era for me. So I would say definitely that is for sure. Amazing. Uh, a really, a moment that like really sticks out to me. Yeah. Culturally defining Aisha's life. I love it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. And in a bit of a different strain, tell me about a failure or a moment in your life that taught you something really valuable. There was actually this moment when I graduated college. Mm-hmm. You had to audition to go be like um, like a tour guide at Universal. Mm-hmm. And I my papers would only allow me to work within the industry. And obviously, when you um, graduate from drama school, you're not gonna ha- you're not gonna walk into a big movie or something. And social media was not what it is now. Like Instagram had only just come out when I um, was in college. So yeah, I auditioned and I just, the script was like hardcore. It was like hardcore. Okay. And I just, and I really felt like I was like within the American culture. And I realized very quickly by doing that, that I just wasn't. Yeah. And I ended up like, not really doing as much work as I should have mm-hmm. like on the to learn the, to learn the script you mean yeah and honestly yeah. like I've always been pretty good in front of the camera on stage I, I've always just had like a natural talent I think when it comes to that mm-hmm. and I think I winged a lot of things because of it and I yeah. think it's just a mentality that I've had my whole life also even in school being quite intelligent I was very good at just like winging tests and doing it last minute. And like, I just, I was just very lucky in that sense, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. in every sense, but in that sense, I was always very lucky. And I think I just didn't spend the time to really do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I completely tanked 
the audition day. <gasps> oh, it. no. It was so bad. Yeah. And I wanted it. And then I walked away from it. And what I learned from it is that, like, I actually don't need to follow the path that I think I'm supposed to follow that's going to get me where I need to be. Because everyone was going in those paths. And I was, I thought that I was supposed to do it. And I, and really, if I paid attention to the fact that I don't really want to sit there learning all of these things and doing all these things, and then do I really want this job? Really? It seemed really cool. And I did think I wanted, I thought that I wanted it. And I, and I don't really think I did at all because I would have put in the effort. Anyone put in the effort for something that you want to do, right? And it just, it just made me learn that like, whatever my path is in life, it's going to happen for me. And it's, it's not going to be necessarily easy, but it's going to come to me. It's, it's going to happen. And there's nothing that can stop it, you know? And I think that's what spurred me into going into whatever direction made sense, which ultimately has made me build a really individual career. And I'm still building in a path every year in like whatever direction I want to go in that makes sense for me. I think like you really pay attention to what it is that you want and go for it. I guess it sort of leads into what we were saying before about manifestation and just like having the self-belief that you are good enough and knowing like from your experience and obviously you did like your um your studies with drama and stuff like knowing in your core that what is meant for you will come because you've got the skills and you've got the passion and those things like it's sort of having faith that it will work out because you know that you're worth it and you're good enough yeah and I think also it's like when you move to another country like I moved here from the other side of the world on my own at 21 I think there has to be some sort of strength there to be able to come with no nothing and you start your adult life on your own in another country and to be able to get to the point that I'm at now on my own. Yeah. You know? So I think I wouldn't have been able to do that without the belief that it is going to happen for me. Yeah. And whatever path is supposed to go on, it's okay if it doesn't look like what I thought it should look like, but it's going to maneuver into the space that it's going to ultimately end up being, which will be the best thing for me. Yeah, I love that so much. And my next question is, tell me about a book or a movie or an album that has impacted your life. So not just like your favorite book, but something that you've read or a movie you've seen that has really changed the way that you approach the world. Because I feel like everyone's got a special something a bit special to them. Yeah, I've said this quite a few times, but this book, right here actually love that it's right there (laughs) yeah i have a bookshelf but (laughs) why does he do that by lundy bancroft it was i read this book after i finally was able to leave an abusive relationship and i was struggling with the question of like why and Mm -hmm. i think it's really common for survivors to survivors of any form of trauma actually to struggle with the why the question of why Mm -hmm. and um i was just looking online trying to find i don't know anyone that i could listen to to find the answers yeah i came across this book randomly randomly and this book was written quite a long time ago and i read it and it really gave me so much clarity and i would definitely say that this book is the reason i was able to start my healing journey oh my god that's a huge statement i'd love that 
Yeah, and it really gave, it really answered a lot of questions for me and it was yeah. really plain and simple. And it was actually written by a man, which I think is so, so profound when it comes to intimate partner violence, yeah. especially in heterosexual relationships. Uh-huh. It's like men are predominantly the problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in statistics, in life when it comes to um, specifically heterosexual relationships mm. men are statistically the problem mm. and i think in the world with misogyny and the patriarchy mm-hmm. i think violence against women is not able to be changed or maneuvered unless the men are doing the work mm-hmm. to help women women can't mm-hmm. just do it on their own and it was just really important for me to hear these words from a man Yeah, that actually, it's so interesting you say that because I was speaking to someone on the podcast recently about just naturally being drawn to books that are written by women and, you know, not wanting to live in an echo chamber where it's just listening to women screaming about, you know, different, different things. And then also being a woman myself, like having, and that's why I like to have diverse guests on the podcast. Like I like to have straight cis men come on the podcast, like obviously in doses, but like, it's good to hear opinions from you know, people that are different to you. And also it can be so validating when those people's opinions actually do align with yours and you're like, oh, the whole world isn't a totally evil place. Like we, you know, it gives you hope. Ultimately, you can't make change unless Mm. you speak to people with opposing opinions. A hundred percent. And those conversations are never going to be easy. They're never going to be easy, but it's about listening and having understanding. It's not even about teaching, it's it's literally having conversations because mm-hmm. you don't know you might enlighten them and they might enlighten you mm-hmm. and i don't mean arguments i mean conversations there's two different things productive so. conversations yeah yes. and i think as well you have to have in those conversations like a level of respect for each other and then that's when you can be open to teaching each other things and equally like receiving information and learning from other people as well like and having that level of respect to not get angry or you know go like say things that are personal like if it's just like an intellectual conversation with two adults that respect each other it is so powerful and like when you have those conversations you you do leave and you're like oh that was like that was great you know like I loved talking about that because it's it's interesting to hear from people that are different to you but I think a lot of people just aren't open to that because they want to just block out anything that they don't see or they become a troll and they just act negatively towards it on the internet you know for sure and my final question for this round is what is your funniest date story you can tell a good story you can tell a funny sex story you can tell it's really just a little little story time i have multiple good sex (laughs) stories we'll just tell a sex story why not let's do it so so there was um there was this guy who was also in the industry. He was in like a couple of big movies. Amazing. Anyways, he he asked me to go on a date. He's definitely at least 20 years older than me, right? And awesome. I went out with him, fine. He's handsome, whatever. We had a good date. Mm-hmm. And then I was in my early 20s. You know when you're just like in a space where you want to just have fun and you're like, yeah. whatever. Oh, so I went back with I went back with him to his house mm-hmm. and fine, fell asleep at his house, whatever. The next mm-hmm. morning we decided to get in the shower and I'm like, oh, everything's going to get so frisky now. Love that for us. <laughs> I t- And like, I saw, you know, like you're, I was standing in front of him in the shower, but I was facing towards the shower head. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind of like glanced and I kind of like somewhat saw that he was like excited. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, 
And then I kind of like felt him touch me from the back. Uh-huh. And it kind of felt like one of these. Oh. But I didn't actually feel anything. Oh. And then I turned around and I was like, oh, like, are you good? He was like, yeah, I came already. What? <laughs> You're just so like, excited. <laughs> and then I decided not to count that in my body count. Because no, absolutely I even, not. I don't even remember it going in. So... <laughs> I was I not there. Know. Who was she? <laughs> I was present, but I wasn't <laughs> present. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what happened after that point. He kept trying to call me and text me, but I just blocked his number because I'm like, oh, babes, be for real. Be also, for real. Why did, but even if he had a small dick, he came fast, whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. You did not try to please me. Yeah. In the scenario. So for me, if a man doesn't want to make me happy as well, like, and we're not pleasuring each other, you don't, I don't need to be dating you. So yeah, that was, um, that's a little story. I love the story time. Do you know what? I feel like shower sex is pretty overrated. It's also absolutely it is. so dangerous. Like I've fallen over in the shower and I fully reckon I nearly broke my arm. Like I was like, I'm lucky my arm's still intact. I whacked it so hard. I was like, this is a hazard. I cannot you know be what? doing this. It's just too slippery and slidey yeah. and there's not enough things to grab. Like it's just too much. It's too much. Like, yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. And like, you're not getting clean. I'm here to get clean. It's hard. I'm dirty girl. I'm here to get clean and I'm not getting clean. So, right. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, well, I've asked you on the podcast because, as we said, you've got so many different things going on and you, you talk about so many different topics online and you have a lot of different forms of content, which I find really fascinating because your audience is super engaged. But I'd love to hear more about how your journey as an online creator aligns with your advocacy in the social justice space and um, and how that all sort of links into feminism as well because we've sort of touched on those topics already in the podcast. But, yeah, I'd just love to hear about the journey, like how did it all start out and what made you want to do work in this space? Um, hmm. I started – my following started growing because of my modelling career. I was mm-hmm. a plus-size model mm-hmm. and – my following started to grow that way. Mm-hmm. But during my modeling career, the start of my modeling career, I was in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And I, I experienced a lot of struggles, even within the industry, being the only Pakistani plus model, mm-hmm. and then going home and experiencing violence and violence in all facets, really, from my partner. So it was just a really hard time for me. And then I would go online and girls would be looking up to me saying, oh, wow, you're so confident, you're body positive, we love you. And then I'm feeling like, wow, I have to be this person online. Mm. Yeah. And I'm seemingly this person and I'm so happy that I can help people, but I'm not helping myself. So Mm -hmm. when I actually left the relationship, I decided to be honest about my experience um, publicly. And I was also honest with my experience to my agents and people around me. Mm. And it was really freeing for me at the time. I wasn't ready to advocate at the time, but I didn't realize I was already advocating just by sharing my story and it created community. And then as the years have gone on, I think during 
my healing journey and having multiple years of therapy, I think I've just been really open with sharing my journey, sharing the things that I've learned. And I do a lot of reading. I meet a lot of people. It's just helped me to like kind of move into different spaces. And I really actively seek out places that do advocate for women. And I think overall, the bottom line of what I've discovered over all of these years of doing this is the body positive movement also aligns with violence against women. In what way? Like in what way do you do you see that link? Because ultimately self-love is the bottom line to everything. Yeah. If you do not love yourself genuinely, and I don't just mean like, oh, I'm a bad bitch. I mean like you genuinely love yourself and you pour into yourself in every facet of life. You have healthy boundaries. You have healthy relationships. Like it mm. seeps into every facet of your life. The more you pour love into yourself and you put yourself first, the more you'll have a healthy body image, the more you'll mm. have healthy relationships, the more you'll have healthy work experiences mm. and you'll have healthy boundaries across the board, which will mean ultimately you won't be frontline. Obviously there's freak circumstances of danger mm. for women. I understand yeah. that, but you'll be less likely to be in an abusive relationship because ultimately you've worked on that self-love. And I think it's really important for women and for men to have a period of time in their life where they're just pouring into themselves and learning and discovering themselves without dating at all. And I don't even mean like talking to people, I mean fully not interacting with the sex that they're attracted to, unless it's in friendship, not with any pursuit of attraction. And then, only then, will they be in a space where they know themselves enough and they're comfortable with being alone and they will be able to have a healthy relationship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. With someone and will also improve their friendships. I totally understand that. I haven't actually gone on a date in a year on purpose just because I had the dating podcast. I had my early years in London when I would be on three dates a week, top shagger, absolute legend. And then I had a little Love bit that. of that. Move, honestly. <laughs> it's Europe. Europe yeah. baby. Do you think? I mean, it's Europe, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, so I had my legend era and then I um, sort of fell in love a couple of times, had a couple of boyfriends. But then the last year, I think because I obviously overshare so much on the podcast about my life and like, you know, I told all my like crazy dating stories and stuff. And then I I kind of had a bit of a mental breakdown in, in April last year and I've moved home and everything. But since then, I'm like, right, I'm not, I'm not going to even bother with men or love or finding anyone because I need to just figure out myself and like I've just read so much I've reconnected with family I feel like I've like repaired like and just like nurtured loads of different friendships I've you know and I think now I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like I'm back home I'm settled in again and I'm like ready like I'm the best version of myself that I've been in a long time and I'm really ready to like meet someone not that I'm even looking but I'm open to it again because I'm feeling more healthy and happy in every aspect of my life so I think it's so true that going through a period where you focus on you and even if you do have a partner I think it's possible to do that it's just like putting the time aside and like actually being conscious of it and aware of like doing some self-discovery is is super important well you just have to pour into yourself as much as you pour into your partner and I think a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to do that. Mm. They think, especially women, mm. when the society's not set up for you to be in a relationship and to pour into yourself. Mm-hmm. It's set up for the man to pour into himself and for you to pour into your man. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so true. And it's all like, um, yeah, it's all to do with the traditional structure of relationships, isn't it? And just what the patriarchy has told us is is the right way to have a relationship. But it's just not sustainable for women. <laughs> and also... The happiest people statistically are single women without children. And the happiest males are married men. So, and the most unhappy people are married women with children. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Yeah. Again, because you, there's no space. I mean, I'm talking like generally, because obviously there's exceptions to this rule, but generally women don't have space to pour into themselves because they're Mm. pouring constantly into the man. They sacrifice for the man, they sacrifice for their kids. Mm. And that's that. That's why that period of time for women particularly is so, so important Mm. because you'll set those boundaries right when you get into a relationship. Before you even get into a relationship, you'll set boundaries that then you'll ultimately have that healthy relationship with a healthy partner that wants you to pour into yourself. And I feel like your platforms as well, they align so well with issues that address gender equality and things like that. So what, and obviously your, your work and your campaigning against domestic violence has been so impactful and so successful as well. And I think, like you were saying before, all of that is, it really hinges on the rise in people wanting authentic content and authenticity and people to be honest and open on the internet rather than what it was 10 years ago. It was quite, you know, uh people didn't want to share that side of their life but then things like tiktok it is it's just like 
you film a video, you upload it. It's not like high quality content, but the content itself is actually really good. So what I'm trying to ask is, is um, how do you how do you address those issues about gender equality in that space using your platform? I just think it's about being honest and authentic with my personal experience, but then also educating people. Like I, I think the trouble with TikTok and authentic, relatable content that's I, that they put out mm. is it's none of most of it's not relatable. Yeah. Like most of it is curated, yep. and it seems like it's relatable or it's coming from people mm. like just general opinion mm-hmm. and then people jump on that opinion and then everyone's kind of the same and it's kind of it's kind of making people put on for the camera yeah. and I can tell as soon as I swipe up I can tell if it's genuine or not yeah. right away yeah not everyone's an actor the vast majority <laughs> on TikTok are not they're, they're normal people yeah and I get it everyone wants a viral video so they'll do whatever it takes to do that mm-hmm. But um, I think what's really important is about having honest conversations. And and when it comes to gender equality, particularly violence against women, because that's not just intimate partner violence, there's so many facets that that sits into. I think it's about having those hard hitting conversations. Yeah. And I just think there's a lot of things that people don't want to talk about. People don't want to talk about abortion. People don't want to talk about, oh, my partner put their hands on me oh, I'm in an emotionally abusive situation. People don't even want to talk to their own girlfriends and be like, this guy is emotionally abusing you. He's also doing X, Y, and Z. And if you continue down this train, you're going to be in a really, really bad situation. They want to sit there and go, oh, babe, like, oh my God, delusion, delusion, feed your delusion. And then what, your friend turns up dead? it's it's people don't want to have hard conversations yeah and what inspires you to have those hard conversations and keep having them because I know that you mentioned you were in an abusive relationship and then you sort of started talking about that more online which fostered a, a really strong community and a following that you've got now but what keeps what keeps driving you to to bring those conversations to the forefront and um what are you most proud of achieving so far through your platforms the answer to the first question is lack of change mm-hmm when that's that's why this is so important. I will repeat myself over and over mm-hmm. and over again mm. until the end of time, until I see change for women mm-hmm. and safety for women. So it's that's what motivates me mm. and knowing that it's every couple of seconds that a woman is getting murdered by the hands of their partner mm. and also having that personal experience and knowing that that also could have been me and there was nobody at the time like me that I could look at and give me hope and give me the tools that I need to walk away. Mm -hmm. If I needed that, I know that right now somebody needs that. And I might not necessarily be that person. I might just be guiding them Mm. to the right place to find the right person. Mm -hmm. But that's what I think is the main motivation for me. Mm -hmm to keep going and keep talking. When you're wanting to, you know, when you are staying motivated to talk about that stuff because of the lack of change, like what sort of what sort of impact have you seen personally through your advocacy work? Like have you had messages from people or, you know, what are you really proud of through the work that you've done or the work that you're doing? That I've seen people leave bad relationships and bad situations. Really? And I've, I've had messages from people who have... Yeah watch something from me and then years later have messaged me saying they're now in a better place or whatever. Really? It's not necessarily been B 
because I personally helped them yeah. like leave, but maybe something I said helped them leave, or I don't know whether I gave them the confidence, or they've watched my personal journey mm-hmm. and it's like spurred them to feel more confident. I've never had like such in depth conversations with people that I know exactly what it is, but yeah, those I'm really proud of those moments, like seeing women like choose themselves, even if it's not to do with intimate partner violence if it's just to do with oh you wore that dress and it made me feel confident to wear that dress so I went and bought it and I wore it to a friend's wedding and then they send me a picture of them wearing it that to me is like oh I'm so glad that I was able to give you the confidence to go and enjoy yourself yeah and to wear the dress because you only live once you know what I mean like go enjoy yourself and you should wear the dress so I think it can be super simple like that yeah or it can be stuff to do with like intimate partner violence yeah that's incredible and I think the work you're doing in the body positivity and self-acceptance space is really amazing as well I think it'd be great to know from you how you think that that feeds into things like dating so like before you're in a relationship you know like dating culture which is always changing and um yeah, the dynamics of it are changing as well. I think as as women become more aware and, and there's more talk about feminism, feminism and stuff online, I think it'd just be good to get your insight on what you think, how you think body positivity and dating are connected. I think that men are extremely physical creatures. Mm-hmm. They go through waves of what it is that they like. Mm. And I think that the bigger that you are as a girl or the curvier you are, the more you get fetishized, Yeah, which is actually really hard mm-hmm. to, because, so for example, I'm curvy. I, I'm a hundred percent body positive. I have been in situations where I'll be naked in front of the guy and he's not body positive enough that he won't want to be naked with me. And then they get, and then they get comfortable and then they'll sleep naked with you and stuff like that. And then you end up helping them be more body positive. But what I've noticed in my personal dating experience is I'm confident, yes. I'm body positive, yes. Am I sick thin? No. But it definitely puts me in positions where one, I'm fetishized. Yeah. Or two, guys just want to like be around you just to see what it's like. Yeah. Or, or, or just to say like, I had a curvy girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they will literally shun you Mm. because you're not whatever body type is acceptable in society. And I think that's the problem. And when talking about fetishization as well, I had an interesting conversation with Sharon Gafka. I think you were on maybe on her podcast as well. Is it Girls yeah, Girls Know Nothing? Sharon. Yeah, we spoke mm-hmm. about um, like racial fetishization as well, and her experiences on Love Island with um, being an Asian woman and and experiencing that from men too. So I suppose when when you're talking about minority groups, I find that I find the whole discussion really fascinating and also really upsetting. Um, that, you know, so many women that are marginalized or come from different backgrounds do experience things like that. And I feel like, I mean, this is speaking really generally, it usually is coming from straight cis white men, but what would you have to say in regards to that side of things? I definitely experienced that. I, I've, I've had white men in the UK tell me that they don't date my kind, which I don't even know what that means, yeah. but okay, bye. Like, <laughs> I don't want to date you either. Yeah. Basic, get out of my face. And then it's like, then in my experience dating some ethnic men, like for example, I dated a guy who was Haitian and I'm very immersed in the Haitian community. I'm also not white, half white, but I'm 
outwardly Pakistani, like I'm not white facing. When we broke up, it was like, he loved that I was ethnic. Oh my God, yeah, you cook all the Haitian mm -hmm. food. Oh, I love that you're an ethnic girl, blah, blah, blah. You got all the ethnic kids. All, this is all stuff that he would say. And then when we broke up, suddenly I'm a white girl, this white bitch, da, da, da. Oh, so on, on the side, when it comes to non-white men, mm. non-white cis men, mm -hmm. I'm ethnic when it's convenient for you. But when it's convenient for you to come at me or say something bad about me, then I'm white suddenly. Yeah. And then you're making it a racial thing. So it's like my, as a mixed race person, it's really hard Stuck sometimes. in the middle. Yeah. And I feel like as well, it's, it's hard when someone goes lower than you and you don't want to stoop to their level on, on things like that. Like if someone's attacking you in that way and it's a way that you never saw them behaving or you didn't know that they felt that way or you know it's sort of like what is what is real like what are you saying that is just hurt, like to be hurtful versus what do you actually believe like I suppose that must be pretty confusing well I mean at the end of the day it's not my problem it's his so true yeah I I, I know what I identify as I know mm -hmm. how I experience the world mm -hmm. and you don't get to tell me what ethnicity I am yeah you don't get to tell me how I experience the world mm -hmm. in the same way I would never tell you mm -hmm. So if you're trying to say that, then you've got some sort of problem that that's clearly a you issue. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sit there confused at all. That's a you thing. Yeah, just walk so away. So go deal with it. And I'm going to go deal with me because ultimately, whatever. Yeah, good on you. God. You weren't saying that when you, you weren't saying that when you were knee deep in my pussy, babe. So <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh God, I love you. I love your attitude so much. <laughs> it gives me life. <laughs> I said what I said. I said what I said, <laughs> period. Oh, so good. Um, I've got one final question and it's about finding the balance on social media when talking about more serious and hard-hitting issues like domestic violence and um, and then balancing that with, because obviously you've got a lot of like fun content, funny content, content with your mates, like modeling content. Um, it's just, you've got such a like diverse breadth of different topics that you touch on. How do you balance that and maintain like engagement with your audience and a positive discourse? Like, do Would you say that having balance is more important than having one particular niche well I think it's about being honest with like who I am as a person and yes I have experienced domestic violence yes I am a survivor but that doesn't mean that I'm now a shadow of a person doesn't because I've experienced you. that no and I love fashion I my I've been in the fashion industry I like makeup, I like traveling, I hang out with my friends. Mm. And I think like showing different things about that is also part of helping people see that there is like light at the end of healing. Yeah, a full, a full life. Yeah, you can see the glow up and like, why shouldn't I share all the things that I enjoy? If my, if my audience likes it too, then I'm going to do it. Amazing. I mean, I, I definitely have a good balance between like my private life and my public persona. Um, I think that's always been really important to me to be able to have a private life. And I think mm -hmm. my last relationship I shared too openly online mm. and it was during the pandemic. So I was like, you know, you're at home. So it was kind of impossible not to sh overshare, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but I, I definitely learned from that relationship ending that I will never, ever share my partner again. I'll never do it again. What's the main reason for that? Like, is it that you lost like a, a certain 
part that was just for you guys or what would be your main reason for that no people think that they have a right to be in every crevice of your asshole when you share your partner <laughs> yeah you have to you can't just go out for dinner you and your partner you gotta you gotta bring everyone along and however many followers you've got combined you've got to bring them along and it's it's every moment of your life it becomes curated it's it it loses that special thing. And for me, I I really want to keep my personal life, my personal life. And I do. Mm. Like, people don't have a clue what's going on. Um, I, they think they do mm. because I curate content mm. for them to see. And yes, it's authentic, but it's as much as I want to show. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. And I definitely, I'm not going to share, if I'm blessed enough to have children, not sharing my children, not sharing my partner. Yeah. And that's okay because that's not my business. Yeah. And it's not your business. So I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Just keep something back for yourself, you know, and then it's your your private special thing, you know? And that's important. And it's also a moment to switch off because how can you be present and the best version of yourself? And like like we were saying about working 24-7, imagine then having a relationship mm. That even when you're in your relationship and it's supposed to be downtime with your partner, mm -hmm. you're still working. Yeah, because the only you time on. you probably right, and the only part time you probably don't have to share your relationship is when you're having sex. Everything else you share online. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but that's too much for me. Yeah, all all great for everyone who wants to do it, but for me, not not my thing. Yeah, no, 100. I think that's that's definitely very healthy advice. It's been brilliant having you on the podcast. I feel so blessed to have been able to speak with you. And honestly, I think the work you're doing in so many different areas is really inspiring. And yeah, I'm super proud of, um, of how far you've come and the content you're making is just awesome. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Aisha. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, wherever, if you've got any stories or thoughts of your own to share about the podcast and make sure you tune for episode 100 next week. Big one. See you. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.